Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sylvia Durismi. Sylvia is an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, a mom, and a dear friend. Sylvia, thanks for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. This has been a long time coming. You and I have known each other for quite some time, and uh, I've been wanting to have you as a guest on the Key Ingredient. So, so this is going to be this is going to be a good one. I'm, I'm looking excited. forward. Me too. Likewise, <laughs> Sylvia, if you don't mind, maybe just tell our listeners and viewers just a little bit about yourself, please. Absolutely. So I um, am an immigrant who so migrated here at 14 years old. Um, 20 something years ago. And uh, like most immigrants in this country, I wanted the American dream. <laughs> I wanted to know what that felt like. What is it all about? So at the age of 14, when I migrated here without my family, um, I lived with family friends. And uh, throughout that journey, trying to figure out who I am and what that meant, I uh, started exploring the opportunities here in this country. And um, in high school, I, I learned that my family didn't have any college grads. And I also uh, learned a lot of the experiences I had when I was younger. They weren't really great. There were childhood traumas that I was dealing with. So um, I just started reinventing myself as a teenager. And when I graduated high school, I decided to enroll in college. Despite the fact that I didn't have my parents here, I fought through the process. Um, and, uh, and I eventually became the first college graduate in my family and broke that cycle. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I wanted more. I wanted more. So at uh, 21 years old, decided to open my first business. Uh, had a cleaning company, uh, Executive Cleaning Solutions was the name. And I also decided to open uh, a, a billing company where I did 15 days demand letters for physicians. So at 21 years old, I was already managing two different businesses while I was in college. Let, let me stop you there, <laughs> if you don't mind. There, there was a lot in what you just said. I, I said a lot. So I want to I want to kind of go back a sure. few steps here because I think that's great. So first of all, what country uh, were you born? I'm Haitian. I'm Haitian. OK, so yes. you came here from Haiti at age 14. I came from St. Martin, but my parents are Haitian. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So this show is is very big on the journey and the story. Oh, okay? you want me to focus on that? I, I, I want to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So at 14, you came to the United States. So let's go back maybe one year. Let's go back to age 13. So at age 13, you're living in St. Martin. St. Martin. Yes. Okay. So what's life like for you in St. Martin? Wow. Um. So I am one of six. And so I'm the first girl, uh, second. And so I was a middle child kind of for several years. And so I suffered from the whole middle childhood, you know, <laughs> trauma, <laughs> trauma, trauma you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, at uh, 14, my parents couldn't really pay for everyone's college or school at that at that time. So then they decided to send my brother and I, we were the oldest one, to different countries. So I came here to the United States. Uh, so I migrated here when I was 14, barely 14. And uh, when I migrated here, I lived with family friends. So how did that happen? Where were they, they people you knew already? Was it family that you already knew of? Um, or? Yes and no. Some of them, yes. Okay. Uh, I went through 13 different homes. Did you? And where'd you live? Southwest Florida the whole time? Uh, mainly, or? yep. South, okay. um, the East Coast. And then eventually Southwest Florida, which was really odd when I migrated here 20-something years ago. Or when I moved here, not really migrated, when I moved here to Southwest Florida. Um. You said 30 minutes. So I was trying to rush through the process. Now you're slowing me down. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that, that's by design. So, yeah, that's good. So when I uh, moved here to Southwest Florida, it was, it was because my time was up with a, a family in the East Coast. So then the only family that I could find that would take me in was here in Southwest Florida. And that's how I ended up here. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you ended up here with mm -hmm. your brother, you said. Nope, just me oh, by oh, myself. Oh, just by yourself. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. So you came here and then you started high school here. So what, I, what, yep. what I was high school? high school? I transferred to, I went to Cypress Lake High School. Okay. And then um, uh, when I finished here, I went to um, International College, got my first degree. And then I uh, eventually continued to... Um, my uh, undergrads at Hudges University, actually. Okay. And then um, I started at Nova for my graduate degree. Well, were you always a good student or? Uh, do I look like a good student? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. I, think I, I, was okay. I could tell by the way you said that. So <laughs> I was okay. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't like, you know, with. I, I don't compare my college journey to the typical college students because, you know, I was always on survival mode. So I wasn't like a typical college student. Even at a yeah. young age, I, I had to work, you know, two, three jobs to get by. Uh, I wanted to be an A-plus student, but I couldn't. So whenever I have anything, anytime I would have a, you know, a B or C or A, I was okay. As long as I, was, I didn't have a D or I was failing, I, I knew my journey was different than everyone else. So I had to accept what I could get with uh, with the load that I was carrying. Yeah. As someone who spent most of my life in survival mode, I'll ask you, do you think there's an advantage to that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there is. I mean, I don't wish it on everyone. It, not everyone can handle it. It's a lot. Um, but I think surviving and uh, living your life on survival mode, it, it kind of, you have a different level of hunger. No doubt about it. No you know, yeah. and, and your determination is different. Your, your lifestyle is different. Your mindset is different. Uh, and work, most, ethic, work ethic, everything. You're driven because yeah. no one else is going to get it for you. You have to go get it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then there's also fear of losing things as well. Right. Because since it's so hard to attain, obtain things, right. you also don't want to lose it. Well, exactly. Yeah. And then there's the fear of that. So you're living with all these uncertainties, you know, yeah. and, and you're you questioning yourself every single day. Am I making the right decisions? But you, you, whether it's wrong or right, you don't have a choice but to keep going. Sure. <laughs> oh, ab absolutely. So. So, OK. So high school. So yeah. what was your high school experience like? Um, It was OK. I, you know, I was I. I struggle as a teenager, like like most teenagers, but I didn't have someone there for me. So I had to fight through it by myself. Um, when I was um, 17, I became homeless. I didn't have a family to take me in. So, so you were homeless. I, I was technically homeless. I was sleeping from uh, friends, to, you know, friends' houses on their couches uh, okay. until I was able to rent my own place. And there were times, there were a couple of times I literally had to sleep outside of uh, a friend's house because it was too late. They couldn't let me in. So I had to sleep outside. And, and you were in high school at that time. I was, I was 17. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. So I almost didn't finish high school, actually. I, I, I nearly gave up. And a friend of mine who was older says, you do not want to do that. And that's why I stayed. But it, it came to a point where, where I had to decide, do I continue with high school or do I give up to survive? Sure. So I, I fought through it. It wasn't a good fight, but I, I got through it. But it, I was homeless and, and I had to sleep. There was one time I came from work. It was about 9.30 at night. I still remember it. I didn't have anywhere to go. Knock on friend's uh, door. I guess they were gone for that weekend. Couldn't find anywhere to go. And I had to sleep literally on the bus bench outside with my wow. book bag. And wow. then the next day I had to go to a public bathroom, wash myself up and go to high school like nothing happened. That's 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 trauma. I know trauma is a key word uh, here. and We'll, we'll get to that. But yes. that's uh, that's trauma. Okay. Lots of trauma. Wow. So here we are. So here you are. Okay. Yes. So now you go to college. So what did you study in college? Um, so I wanted to become a lawyer and okay. that's because of my immigration story. That's a whole, a whole not, that's <laughs> we'll a save whole, that for the next yes, podcast. Okay. Definitely on our podcast okay. for that for sure. Um, so I, I, I had this, um, 
desire to go to, to, to become a lawyer so I can help, you know, immigrants, children migrating into this country, uh, didn't happen. But I even, so I, my first degree is in uh, legal studies. Okay. So I wanted to go to law school uh, and I enrolled. Uh, and I give that up later on for zeal, which we get into later. Yes. Uh, but I, I studied my first degree is in legal study. And the second one is in uh, business administration with a minor in marketing. OK. Yes. OK. So let's let's go a little further now. So you mentioned you, you started your own housekeeping uh, co company. Right? I did when I was so, 21. <laughs> so at 21. So you were you were you graduated. Did you graduate college at that point? Or you were still was, in school. I was still in college. It was okay. my last year to get my first degree. I um and I um. I worked for a law firm um, as a legal assistant. And that, well, at first I was the office manager and then I became a legal assistant. And um, then I, I started reading. I, I was in a business class, actually, and, and they were talking about um, different types of businesses you can do while you're in college. And, I, and I'm like, OK, what can I do where I don't have to invest a lot of money? Sure. And a cleaning, a cleaning business didn't require much. So then I started, I designed my own flyer by myself at that time, my own business cards, uh, bought a printer, printed everything myself. And that's how I started uh, executive billing, not billing, I'm sorry, executive cleaning solutions. Sure. And it grew, it grew. I was 21 years old and by 22, I was making like $60,000 a year. Wait, wait, just, just you or did you have anyone working I for you? eventually had to hire help. There weren't really employees, just, you know, whoever wanted to make a few, you know, a few dollars sure. for a day. Hey, let's go clean with me. I'll pay you like 40 bucks for the day wow. and we'll clean three, four houses. And then I got lucky with a few good contracts. So one of those contracts was actually Hudges University. Ah, okay. When they, for, when, they moved, okay. when they moved to Colonial, I put in a bid and I got lucky. I was a student there. That's I a guess, good job to get. I guess I'm sure, they selected yeah. me because I was a student there. I'm not sure, but um, sure. They, they selected me and I had a, I had I had the contract for a few months and it was just too big to handle. That's a big contract. It was a big contract. Yeah. I would finish school and then here I am cleaning till like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, wow. <laughs> so I'll go to class, night classes, uh, finish by like nine. And then I'll change into my cleaning clothes and I'll have my girls meet me there and I'll, I'll clean until I couldn't clean anymore. Wow. So yeah. what, what happened after that? How long did you do that for? I had my cleaning company for about two or three years. Okay. And then the market crashed. Okay. I had a lot of uh, uh, real estate clients. So was this 08? Or so. Yeah, I started yeah. My, oh my, if I remember, I started, I opened the, the LLC back in 2006, I want to say. Okay. Uh, so by 2009, it was pretty much obsolete at sure. that point. Yes. Okay, so, so you had to reinvent yourself. So what, what happened oh, next? Oh, that was fun. So then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. But isn't that what life is all about? And you're Re in survival mode. It survival doesn't matter, mode, right? Exactly. Yeah. You, you just nailed it. It didn't matter to me because I was in survival mode. It was just like, okay, this didn't work. So what's next? Sure. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I had to re reinvent myself. So I graduated college. Uh, here we are now in the middle of uh, uh, um, economic crisis. Yeah. Um, so then I um, decided to continue with my education, of course. So I applied for school and then um, I, I found a job. I started working in a school um, as just as an office administrative assistant. And then I grew from there okay. uh, to, uh, and I won't say the name of the school because they're okay. competitors now. <laughs> ah, well, we don't, we don't need to say them. That's okay. But, uh, but I became the director of student services there. Okay. And that's how I got into education, actually. 
Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So I reinvented myself from uh, entrepreneurship and, and law and then um, then got into education. And of course, in between, I had to take a few jobs here and there to survive. Sure. Uh, I used to work at a hotel. I had to go back there and, and work for a few weeks until I can get back on track financially and uh, and then whatever side jobs I can get. Wow. Yeah. Then what? Um, then I worked at that uh, school for a, a couple years and uh, it didn't go well, didn't really align with my values, what I wanted. And sure. um, so I left um, that job and we were still kind of in the middle of the um, uh, recession. Yeah. So then I uh, decided to continue with my edu education, of course. I mean, education was always priority for me because I wanted to break that um barrier in my family sure. it was important for me so no matter what i still if, if, I, if I have to take one class two classes a semester if i have to change my schedule then that's what i had to do um but i continued with my education and then um when i left that job i was uh unemployed like everyone like most people sure. uh during that time in southwest florida and i was engaged to this guy and and so uh, his uncle who was a retired doctor says oh well what are you going to do now and i'm like i don't know so he says why don't, why don't you combine all your skills together and, and start something you're good in business so i'm like yeah it's not a bad idea you know hmm. and so that's when i started uh doing research on um places that were hiring I wanted to put a list together. At first, I really wanted to just put a list together and just, hey, here's our here are places that are hiring. I wanted to make it like kind of like a community uh, nonprofit type of, you know, uh, business. But then um, when I when I came up with more ideas and I, I started researching more and I found out healthcare was one of the uh, industries or, or just field that was still hiring. So I'm like, well, there's something there. Let me see what I can do. I mean, based on my experience, I work in a, in a school that offered healthcare courses. I understand business. I have a business degree. I have I know marketing. So I just started putting the pieces together. And then sure. I, I wrote a business plan to open a school at 25 years old. All right. All right. We, we, we have to stop here for a second. So let me know if I'm incorrect with this timeline. Sure. But at age 14, yes. you leave the, the country you live in yes. and you come to the United States by correct. yourself. By age 17, you're homeless. Yes. By age 21, you start your own cleaning services company. Correct. And by 20, you said five? By 25, I by opened 25, a school. By 25, you open up a school. <laughs> let, me, let me say that again. You open up a school. Most people don't do that. Okay. So you uh, open up a school. Yeah. It's the Zeal Institute, correct? Zeal Technical, Zeal Technical Institute, Institute. And we are licensed by the Florida Department of Education. And let me tell you, at 25 years old, having to present the idea that I wanted to open a school to the Florida Department of Education, I've never been so scared in my life. Sure. Well, <laughs> I don't think immigration compared to it. <laughs> what, so what year was was Zeal founded? What year? I founded Zeal in 2009. So 2009. Okay. Yeah. So let's say, well, we're New Year now, but about, about 13, 14 13 years. 13 years ago. Okay. So yeah. how many? So what's the school like? I mean, tell me. So what, wow. what, what kind of education do you get at Zeal? So it's been a journey. Zeal started as as we literally started the school as a um, continuing education center for healthcare professionals. So okay. then I became a CPR instructor and I hired nurses to offer continuing cor uh, ed education courses such as um, domestic violence, um, HIV and AIDS, bloodborne pathogens, just basic courses for nurses who wanted to renew their license or CNAs wanted to get in the field. Um, and then after a year, we just we started getting really 
high demands for all these healthcare courses. So then I had to do research on how to write the curriculum. And it was a challenge. That's the third time you said you did research. And everybody's going to ask, where does she go for her research? Because it's it's been good. No, we could keep going. So you did research on that. I did. I I love research. That's to me, it's knowledge, you know, sure. the more, you know, the better. So, um, so then, um, I started doing research on courses on uh, entry level healthcare careers. I know we weren't ready to start a nursing school. So it was important to focus on courses that were, uh, relatively, um, in demand at the time, okay. because it had to be something that that's going to produce employment. People were, they were coming to us, not necessarily for school. They were coming to us for a job. We were just the middlemen. Sure, sure. So it was important for us to focus, okay, which courses will help them get employment when they finish? And upon my research, of course, it yeah. was healthcare, entry level, CNAs, home health aid, phlebotomy, medical assistance. They were still hiring these, these folks. So then I decided to... Um, to do research on those courses, got hired a consultant, uh, got the uh, curriculums together, and uh, I was ready for the Department of Education. Wow. So how many students do you have at Zeal Tactical Institute? Um, we've graduated over 6,000 students over the last 13 years. 6,000 students. Yes. Wow. Yes. How, how about faculty? And all that? How many How many employees do you have? Uh, it fluctuates. Right now, we're, we're restructuring because of the hurricane. We yeah. have to relocate. Uh, we've, I've had 20 staff under my belt. Wow. <laughs> there were times where I've had 12 instructors, 20 instructors. Uh, right now, we're, we're down to about nine um, staff. Okay. And that's because, again, we're restructuring for, uh, for uh, since the hurricane, uh, we moved to a smaller location trying to get ready to uh, for a bigger location. So uh, it's been a journey. You know, I love talking about the school because it's truly a passion. Um, and and I, I hope anybody who's listening to this will, will um, if they're in that season of their in their lives where they're not sure, and I really do want to encourage them to just go for it. Um, I, I've always I, I always knew that I had to make uh, the first move in my family to break all these uh, generational, I call them generational curses. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, and, and education was the key for me, but starting a school was never part of it. I just kept taking chances on yeah. whatever came on board. And that's kind of how I found the school, but it, the school became a passion project for me because it represents my family. You know, you're looking at it at a granddaughter of, a woman who never who never sat in a school. She doesn't know yeah. how to read or write, you know? Wow. And my mother dropped out of high school when she was just 15 years old. You know, she got pregnant and she was a teen mom, couldn't continue with school. And my dad barely finished a technical school to get her trade skills, you know? So it, it became a passion project for me when I put all the pieces together. I'm like, wow, this represents my, my family. It represents um, the minority uh, population. Sure. And that's, that's the the demographic we, we really attract is the, the underserved, those who never finished high school, those who dropped out of high school and, 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 um, and uh, finish high school, but never really had the opportunity to go to college or get a trade certification. And frankly, for those who really don't want to go to college, college is not for everyone. Not at all. You know? I agree with you. So some yeah. people, they just want a short term certification to get in the work field and make a difference. And that's totally OK. Sure. And these are the demographics that we've been able to to um, attract over wow. the years. Wow. Yeah. All right. So you're also a mom, which is a full time <laughs> job in itself. So with juggling all of these things that you do, somehow you decided it'd be a good idea because you had so much extra time to write a book. <laughs> OK. Another thing that most people don't do in their lives. So 
tell me about the book, Thriving on Purpose, correct? Thriving on Purpose, yes. So, uh, yes, I'm a mo- first of all, let me acknowledge that because my son might be very mad at me that I didn't. I didn't know how far you <laughs> went to go into that, so I, that's okay. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm so blessed to be a mom. I, you know, there were so many women struggling out there to have a kid, and I was. I wasn't sure if I was going to have one because it was a struggle to get pregnant. So my sure. kid is, is, he's a miracle baby to me. Uh, so I have a 10 year old. I'm a very proud mom. Uh, and and I, I wouldn't be the same woman that I am today if I didn't have a child. So he is definitely the joy of my life and, and the inspiration behind a lot of things that I do these days. So yes, I am a very proud mom. Love that. You should be. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Certainly. Uh, but to go back to what you asked me about the book. So uh, thriving on purpose, uh, my entire life, I've been told you should write a book, and and my little brain—well, not so little—but <laughs> <laughs> I've always been nervous about it because, despite the fact, despite everything I've been through in my life, I'm still a very private person. So uh, people see me out there, you know, smiling and juggling so many different projects and, uh, you know, I'm a bubbly girl, you know, so they look at me and they think, oh, she's so strong and, you know, life is all great. But I was struggling with a lot of traumas internally and privately I was struggling with depression and all of that. Sure. And so um, thriving on purpose, uh, on purpose is really uh, it's a testimony on my life. I mean, there is a, it's another research <laughs> of trauma, <laughs> okay. me trying to understand myself, figuring myself out. Uh, I kept writing and then all these journals pieces became a book eventually. And it's just research on the different types of traumas and how those traumas affected me as a child, as an adult, um, and how uh, I made some mistakes because of those traumas. And I'm, it's just, um, a self help, a self help book. Um, giving people ideas on how to protect themselves and how to move forward in life and, and, and how I was able to thrive, uh, despite my traumas, but I was thriving on purpose. I felt like I had a purpose despite all the challenges that I've been through. Sure. If that makes sense. It makes like, a lot there was, of sense. Yeah. There yeah. was a purpose to everything that I was, that I was doing. I've, everything I've done, there was a purpose to it. I, I stayed in school because of my family. I opened uh, the cleaning uh, company because I was told, hey, uh, as a college student, you can do this to make a difference. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll clean people's house so they can have more time with their families, you know, sure. and I'll get paid for it while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then the school, we started the school because we wanted to, to help people get back to work fast. So there's, there's always been a, purpose to what I do. It was never really uh, profit driven. It was more like, okay, what do I do to make a difference to help and to better myself while I'm doing it? Um, So there was always a purpose to what I was doing. So I was literally thriving on all the purpose in my life. But internally, privately, I was dying. I was depressed. I was. Why do you think that was the case? What do I think that was? Why why were you going through the, the, tell me about the trauma, if you don't mind. Oh yeah. Because there are a lot of, listen, there are a lot of people out there who is suffering a lot look like things are great oh, and they're yeah. still going through depression and anxiety. And, um, that's a big thing. So, so that's why I say, I mean, yes. a lot of people look up to you and if you don't mind sharing that yeah. a little bit, yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> so when you're survive, when you're, when you're in survival mode, you don't have time to have pity for yourself. Right. I've never had pity for myself. I, I would, I would, I would literally cry in my car. And I'll wipe my tears away. And I, and I have a business meeting. I walked in like nothing happened. Like yeah. I'm just this very well put together woman who just walked in and I'm ready to rock and roll. But I just cried in my car. Mm-hmm. And I was crying in my car because quite often I felt alone through my journey sure. as a human being, as a as an entrepreneur. I 
uh, was dealing with so many private things that I weren't, I, I was not, I wasn't will, willing to share with others because of shame, because I was, that's how I was raised. I was raised to be tough, deal with it and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going yeah. through a divorce. So you keep it inside. You yeah. keep it inside. You're going through a divorce. That's life. Go through it. Be tough. Um, you can cry when you have time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just never had time to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I was always so busy. I didn't have time to process the fact that I was violated as a, as a kid. I never had time to process that. Um, I migrated to this country as a teenager and I had to go through 13 different homes um, and that I was homeless and that I um, went through a very nasty divorce uh, and fought in court I, I, and literally um, fought the, the court system for my mm-hmm. child. And, and then I never really had time to process any of those things. I just kept going. I never had time that th- to process that I, I was, I was almost raped coming yeah. from work here wow. in the United States, you know? And, and I never, so I never had time to process all, any of those things. I just processed that. I just go through them and I moved on to the next thing. Sure. Well, eventually it all caught up to me. And, um, and you read the story in my book where I, I woke up one day and I just, I couldn't move. I, I was in bed laying down and I was crying nonstop. Uh, and it's not like I was hungry. It's not like I was broke. It was not like, I, it, it was actually the best time of my life. I was where say, you went through all that already. I went through yeah. all that already. And, and, and I just woke up one day and I just couldn't get out of bed. And, and it was it was during the best time of my life where I had money in the bank. Yeah, I live in a beautiful home by myself and my kid. Uh, I was able to provide for my child. My business was going great. I'm winning awards left and right. Life is great. I'm finally sure. at a point. I'm like, wow, all my hard work. They're finally becoming to fruition. Uh, fruition. And then, and then I'm sad. And, and so that's when that was the first time in my life I decided to go for therapy. And okay. that's when I started learning about trauma and all these things that I've been through and and how they were affecting me as an adult and why I made some of the decisions that I made, why I married someone I shouldn't marry to begin with. But I married them because he, it felt like company and I've never really had company in my entire life. So then it's like, oh, this feels great. But it was not the best company. to have. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. not that I regret it. I, no. I, I have my my son has a really good father and I'm blessed that he's still in his life, you know, but you know, we, we both know that mm, we're not compatible, sure. but we, I did it anyway. Um, and so we started uh, studying, sorry, I'm breathing through this, but no, we started, we started really digging through what happened to me and why was I so sad and crying and devastated when I was having the best time of my life? Yeah. Well, I had no one to celebrate it with Sure. my family. Most of them don't, even know what I do for a living. (laughs) (laughs) And ever since I left home, I'm not really that close to them. So it's not like I I can pick up the phone and call mom or dad and say, Hey, I'm really sad. I need you here right now. I didn't have that support. I never really had family support. I've had friends. I'm very blessed that I've had amazing people in my life, uh, but they're friends and yes, friends can be family. And, and later on I had to, I had to realize that I had to build my own family unit just because my family were blood. Then they weren't necessarily my family. So then, um, you know, it was just sad that I didn't have anyone to call. And so, um, through therapy, I started learning more about myself, who I am, why I behave the way I behave, why I do the things that I do. And it was just too good not to share with the world. I'm like, wow, I wonder how many other people are like this. And then 
um, I started studying my students and their behaviors. And I'm like, wow, they're like me. I know yeah. exactly why they behave this way. I know exactly why they're acting like that and why they're saying this to themselves, why they don't believe in themselves. It, if I had allowed those um, traumas to hinder me the same way, I probably would have been in the same place where I, I, I wasn't confident. I mean, thank God I had a really okay childhood. It wasn't the greatest. Bad things happened to me. But one thing, a few things that my family instilled in me were, you know, uh, confidence. Like I was raised to be tough. I was raised to be confident, to believe in myself. Um, and not everyone were blessed with having these type of influence in their lives when they were little. Sure. So everything I learned as a little girl from my grandmother, who was an entrepreneur herself, uh, and my whole family, by the way, they're all entrepreneurs. So okay. it, was, it was only natural for me. <laughs> I don't want to come on here and make it seem like, oh, I just woke up one day and I became an entrepreneur. I, I've been one since I was seven years old. Sure. My, I mean, at the age of nine, I'm counting thousands of dollars with my family. So this is why money doesn't really impress me. I'm like, I've seen money. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so I never really had to sell my body to make money. I never had to do anything uh, out of, you know, character to make money because I've been exposed to money at a young age. Sure. So um, in any case, through, through um, therapy and research and studying my students, I learned that these traumas were the things that were hindering me from going even higher in my career and being a better person. I mean, I had a temper that was not even funny. Really? Is <laughs> oh. that controlled now or is this still come out once in a while? Um, so here's the thing about healing, because I had to seek healing after counseling or during counseling, I had to um, go after healing. And through that, I had to learn self-control. Um, and you're right. Yes, it was control. The temper was because I, I tried to control everything. And it's like, Sylvia, you absolutely can't do that. Sure. You cannot control everything in everyone else's life in your life. You can only control what's within your control. You know, that's a big thing, by the way. That, oh. That's huge. I don't think many people realize oh my God. how important that is. To understand. Let me tell you, I. I was so bad at it when my parents were getting a divorce after 27 years, I thought that I could convince them to stay together. <laughs> <laughs> but it was out of your control. It was out of my control. Yeah. And when I couldn't, I blame myself for it. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not my fault. And um, I try to control my divorce. I try to control everything. And it's like, you can't. You know, if my ex-husband doesn't want to be in a marriage, I can't force him. He's got to go. Sure. And that's okay. You know, um, so I had to learn self-control. I had to learn um, that a lot of my behaviors were because of um, my own internal fears. You know, like even yeah. with my kid, I became a better mom. Like the book was really therapy. Writing the book was therapy for me. Well, journaling is as well. I mean, oh so so God. not to interrupt you, but so yes. you mentioned it started with journaling. So yes. was that a daily thing and it was a was with a short journals and it no. just compiled or I you journal just, every day till today. So you just uh, this write. morning before I came here, yeah. I journal. How long do you journal for? It depends how much time I have. Okay. Uh, I, I have every morning and I'm not seeing there are times where if when I travel, for instance, I probably don't do I probably don't do it. Sure. Uh, but I I make a conscious effort to journal every single day. Like every morning I try to do 15 minutes of self-care. And that mm -hmm. includes me waking up, stretching, um, doing my um time with God. If you believe in God, I, I grew sure. up in church. So five minutes where I read the Bible, um, I have this 365 day um, Bible that I follow. So I'll do my my daily reads for the Bible. And then I will, um, I have this five minutes journal where I jot down my 
I jot down my, my thoughts for the day. And then I have a journal in addition to that. Okay. That's my 15 minutes. Do you assess your mood or, or do you do anything? Or every, just day. every day, yeah. every day, you know, mm-hmm. healing and, and, and self-care. It's a, it's a, it's a daily thing. It is. And then some days you you do great. Other days, not so good. Right. But then, you know, <laughs> the next day, you know where you were the day prior and it, you right. can kind of work on that a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So journaling, I recommend that for anyone. It's it, it, even my little boy. Now he journals, he does it with me when he wakes up early. Um, when he's with the babysitter, that's part of his daily agenda where sure. he has to journal every morning and it could be anything. I don't give him a subject. I, I tell him, write whatever's in your mind. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes I read it. I'm like, wow, we're talking about poops today. That's great. <laughs> hey, but the, the whole idea is just whatever's on your mind, right? Exactly. Well, it's funny because so. some people are journaling is becoming bigger and bigger. You've obviously been doing it a long time, but then yes. there's meditation as well. And a lot of people oh, do that. Yes. And for some meditation doesn't work, but maybe journaling will. So I think that's an interesting thing that you mentioned. Well, meditation can be different forms of, you know, uh, techniques. I, I know some people is journaling. Others, it's, uh, you know, yoga and stretching, um, devotion. I mean, there's sure. when we talk about, you know, meditation, we need to be a little bit more specific because it's a really broad subject. I think here. you're right. right. I think people don't necessarily think of journaling as a form of meditation. I right. do. It sounds do. like you do as well. Do. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. So let me let me ask you. So the book, so since the book came out, what was the reaction from your family? Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Well, actually I do know. I'm sorry. Um, my, I still have my mom's book in my car. I have not delivered it yet. And it's been months. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I published my book right before the hurricane. So it's been a little bit uh, challenging trying to get the books out. Sure. Um, my little sister came to my uh, book release party and she wrote, she wrote me a couple days later and she says, um, now I understand why you behave the way you behave and why you did everything that you did for us. And I appreciate you. Mm, and my little great. sister is 21 years old. Um, I kind of helped my mom. Raise I met your little sister. You, actually, Kimberlyn, yeah, right. Yeah. Kimberlyn, she goes to FGCU mm-hmm. um, on full rights scholarship. Uh, that was another thing that I um, wanted to, for my family. I wanted to, te- to teach them how to go to school for free and not through, not as a handout, but through knowledge, user yeah. education. You know, if you can get a good GPA and you can, you know, you, there's a chance that you may get uh, a scholarship. So both of my sisters, my young sisters, they went to college here. One of them's a nurse, no student that I, great. I carried that cross for them. <laughs> <laughs> that is great, though. That's a great message. Right. Who uh, who inspires you? Um, I, I inspire myself. And okay. I say that not to be boastful, but... Because I never really had the courage to um, give myself any types of credits or, you know, um, I never congratulate myself. Uh, even when I won awards, I mean, I was like 40 under 40 for Gulf Shore Business Magazine. I've been cover for for um, several magazines. It was too long for me to even mention in the <laughs> intro. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I've never really been proud of those moments ever until I went through this breakthrough of finding myself and healing and accepting who I am. And uh, so I I would like to think I inspire myself. uh, That's one, but then I'm inspired by so many other people. Um, My, my child inspires me. Um, My, um, my family inspired me because when I look at, when you read my book, you will think I'm whining the way I talk about my family, but I look back and I'm like, wow, for my family to do what they've done. My grandmother, who um, 
made it her business. She was like, listen, my family will not uh, be raised in Haiti because the country isn't so great uh, when it comes to the political, you know, chaos. (laughs) It's a great country, by the way, in terms of culture. I love the culture and I've um, I love my family. But then uh, in terms of opportunities, she knew the future didn't look too bright for her family. So she uh, made sure to um, send my mom away at at an early age so my mom could have children in other in other more uh, progressing countries. Sure. And so I, I have to thank her. When I see myself now, I'm like, this is a product of my grandmother. Um, and they did it with no education. They did it with so much hard work, you know, compared to what, what I have, what I have access to in terms of technology and opportunities. My family worked so hard. My mother, who was a teen mom and give birth to six children. My God, I can understand why she's crazy because, (laughs) (laughs) wow. And my dad, you know, who who did the best that he could. My family did the best that they could to give us a future. And that is inspiration to me. And, um, and of course, you know, um, my students from Zeal, I've seen their stories and I've seen how they progress. Like I talked to one recently who went to our school at what 19 and now she's becoming a doctor like how incredible is that for someone from zeal now is graduating medical school to became to become a a physician sure you must feel very proud when you see that of i'm course. like this is this is part of my journey yeah, you know sure it is. i'm well i'm part of their journey but but you helped create it. I helped create it. And yeah. this is great. And it also makes me feel very old, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you're in you're in college. You're graduating medical school. That was 12 years ago. Yeah, this is incredible. I remember that. Yeah. You know, I remember I remember that. So um, so yeah, I um all these people inspire me, you know. Yeah. And and you know, life. Like I look at I, I just look at incredible people like Maya Angelou, who was kind of like my fairy. Uh, godmother in my head uh, growing up here by myself Um, because when I looked for inspiration when I was younger I I looked at other women Helen Keller uh, Maya Angelou these type of women uh, Frida and I'm like wow look what they went through if they can go through it I can go through it so then I will I would read their stories for inspiration and for encouragement Uh, and these women are kind of like my inspiration as well sure you know so yeah there's I'm inspired by a a lot of things so is there another book on the way uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a little I, new and just came out. Yeah, it just book, came but. out. We're I still we're still promoting it and uh and and um it was a subject that I wasn't really comfortable talking about, but I had to push myself, I had to challenge myself. So I'm still learning to uh accept everything. Sure. Um but I definitely uh see myself writing more. Um we'll see what happened with zeal maybe after zeal okay well, <laughs> well so that leads me to my 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 kind of final question here yes. so what's next where oh, do you see yourself next? in the next five and ten years and, and so on wow so i don't really put time frame on myself anymore like i feel like i've done that for so long sure i mean i have goals don't get me don't get me wrong i have like three books of goals <laughs> um and business ideas and different ideas but one thing that i've always wanted to do is to um get a large degree to become a lawyer. So that was the first thing you told me when I, when I met you, yes. that was the first thing you said. So yes. you want, you want to go to law school. Um, yes, that is the goal. Eventually I won't be part of zeal anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and when that day comes, then, um, I will definitely return to school to become a lawyer. That's okay. the next big thing. Immigration law, like you mentioned before, um, has that changed? We're not sure yet. Okay. I mean, I think because I forgot, I've, I've had 
I've had so many years in business now. I feel like I might be a better business lawyer than immigration. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> I haven't had sure. to deal. I haven't had to well, deal. Things change over yes, time. Yes, over no. time. I haven't had to deal with immigration for years. I mean, over two decades. And I've been blessed to be uh, a citizen of this great country of opportunities. And, and so I, I, I don't take my immigration journey for granted. And, and I love this country dearly. I mean, I look at my career. I look at my life and I'm like, where else? Where else could I accomplish what I've accomplished in such a short period of time? Sure. And that's what's so amazing about America. Well, you know, so so <laughs> I guess based on your story, a lot of it was going out and getting things, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you had to. Course. So now now are you in a stage where there's a little bit of that, but some of it's coming to you, right? Um, yes. Which I think, I think is an interesting way to look at it. You've created enough success at this point that now you become a little bit of a magnet, right? Where things come to you. Not that you're not still looking and seeking for other things. Right. Oh, sense. no, you're absolutely right. And that's what I had to realize. Uh, I talked to one of my mentors uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that's exactly what he says. He says, Sylvia, you need to stop running. Yeah. Just sit back. And a lot of things are coming to you, but you're not seeing it because you're, run you're running. <laughs> you right. have to stop running. Now you're in a position to see it. <laughs> Right. It's a little a different. Of, yes, yeah. Much different. And, and it, it's a transition that you actually have to uh, to to accept and come to term with, because mm -hmm. at first I'm like, what is that feeling? Why am I feeling well, like I'm not stopping. used to that? I'm not used to that right. because I'm so used to running all the time and moving. Yeah. So now I'm getting calls. Hey, do you want to do that? And I also have the choice to say yes or no. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Choices <laughs> yes, are good. Yes, choices are good. Yeah, I'll be on your board. No, I don't want to yeah. be on your board. I don't have the time for it. Sure. Um, so, and I'm very selective and I know, and I'm very good at creating um, um, healthy boundaries now. So I know what's within my limit, what's what's not. And I'm able to say no proudly now. Before I couldn't say no, I'm like, yes, I'll do it. And I'm completely overwhelmed. Now I can proudly say, no, I can't do it. And I think I think that's the right way to do business and to live your life. It's, it's the ability to say no when you can't. Correct. Not, not, every, not everybody's in that position. It takes time to get there. It but takes you're exactly time. Oh, no. Right. If yeah. you're building, listen, say yes all the time. Yeah, you, you have no choice. You <laughs> I have to. I have to say yes every single time. I yeah. mean, I've had to drive all the way to Orlando for like a 30 minutes meeting. Because yeah. I wanted someone to mentor me so bad. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I can't afford him. So I'm, if he's going to do it for free and he's in Orlando and I have to go there for 30 minutes to be mentored by this multi-millionaire to find right. out how he did it. I'm going to drive four hours to Orlando to do that. That sends a good message to the mentor as well, right? That yes. you're willing to do that. You have because to. most people are not. You have to go after yeah, it if yeah. you want it. And that's one thing that I'm very grateful that I was hungry enough to do that. Not everyone is hungry enough to do it. Not everyone is, is disciplined and determined enough as well. And, and like I said about trauma, when some people are so overwhelmed with trauma and a lot of it, it there's a lack of, found, of a childhood foundation as well. Mm -hmm. So then when you have all these combinations, it's kind of hard for, for those people to get out of the, the rat race to understand that, hey, you need to focus. Hey, you need to give up a lot of things. You need to create healthy boundaries. You need to, um, you need to be disciplined. Uh, it's hard for them to do it. They hear it. I've seen people um, for years. I've seen friends of mine go to school and have bachelor's and master's or even PhDs. And yeah. I look at them and I'm like, what are you doing? Um, education is great. And I, and I, and I, I love it. And, I, and I, I'm a school owner for goodness sake. So of course I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I value education. I encourage it, but then you, it's not just about education. You have to have the, the grits and the ability to, and the, and the drive to go after more. And how do you go after more? Not to kill yourself. Sure. Because, you know, success means different things to everyone. It really does. Right. So then for me, it might be um, creating a, a, a healthy foundation for my family or creating wealth for my family. For others, they just want to have a little nice small house and they're happy. They have a job. They go to nine to five. That's sure. actually success. 
Absolutely. Like you said, everyone defines it differently. And if something makes you happy, then that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And that what makes me happy is seeing a massive amount of people get success and I want to help them do it. I love it. You're doing a great (laughs) job at that. I know the book is available on Amazon because I did see it on there. Where else can, can our our viewers? Uh, Barnes and Nobles is it's available on Amazon. It's also, it's available on all online platform if I remember correctly. So if you have a books.com, Amazon, uh, Barnes, Barnes and and Nobles and uh, just Google it, it's, it's all over. And we're trying to make it more accessible in more countries. That would be very interesting. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, listen, Sylvia, your story is amazing. (laughs) I enjoyed this so much. Again, you and I have been connected for a while and a lot of people know you and follow you. But I I just wonder if everyone and not through the book they do, of course, but if everyone knows your exact story. So it was an honor to be able to to tell your story and hear you tell it to uh, to our audience. So thank you so much. I wish you continued success and thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate you. Thank you.